The Evolve Network is now live at evolvenetwork.tv. Subscribe for meal plans, recipes, cooking shows, and our very own The Magic Pill and The Magic Plant, as well as access to my favorite documentaries. The Evolve Network is also home to our full library of podcasts, with new release podcasts airing first and in full on the channel. You can also watch selected vodcasts in a video format. Meanwhile, enjoy this highlight of our podcast and head over to evolvenetwork.tv for the full Evolve podcast experience. The Evolve with Pete Evans podcast is a conversation about my favorite ingredients for a healthy human experience. We take an informed look at topics that include nutritional and emotional well-being as well as expanded consciousness. I love exploring the topics that are not traditionally taught at school and take a deep dive into them with my special guests. I invite you to sit back and come along for the ride with an open mind and heart and please share with your family and friends as these podcasts may just be the seed from which many things will flourish from. Cheers. We've been using Waters Co. water filters for the last 10 years and I wholeheartedly trust my family's health with them. Waters Co. established 1977 have personal and domestic water filters which turns your ordinary tap water into great tasting alkaline ionized mineral water which removes up to 99.9% of fluoride, heavy metals, chemicals and bacteria so you can love your tap water again. The Bio 1000 is the latest edition of the BMP 1000 model and the culmination of over 40 years of experience and research into water filtration by some of the world's leading scientists. Waters Co. was first to market with natural gravity-fed systems, creating alkaline water way back in 1984, and have continued to lead the market in research and development, setting the benchmark for all other brands to follow. Please go to my webpage, PeteEvans.com, to learn more and to receive your special discount from my link on the products page. You're going to love it. William, thank you so much for joining us once again on the podcast. Brother, how are you? I'm terrific, Pete. Thank you. I just want to start off by saying I love how you present information for people. You have such a soothing voice for people to take in the information. It's like a delicious soup. <laughs> it's like mouthful after <laughs> mouthful of information. It's like, oh, I'll keep coming back for more because I think this is our second or third podcast that we've done together or, or interview so. that we've done. And we you go need all- to talk to some of my ex-wives. <laughs> In my, in my argue with the soothing part. <laughs> <laughs> well, in this context, you have a very soothing. Let's just, <laughs> in this context, this information sharing context. And, and I want to go back to the first time we met when I came to your office in Milwaukee. And we were creating the documentary, The Magic Pill. And I was so thrilled that you allowed me that hour or two hours to come into your office and to be able to sit with you and talk about food as one of the tools of medicine. And that was probably a decade ago, I'd say, give or take. And fantastically, that ended up on Netflix. It was seen by millions of people around the world. And hopefully it had uh, a wonderful impact on people or to give them a different perspective on the importance of food as medicine. And I just wanted to great start. I love I it. Just w- oh, thank you. You're a star in it. And uh, I just wanted to fast forward to where we are now, 2023, and how much of the information that you shared back then about healthy eating, healthy heart has changed for you over the last decade. 
Has it or hasn't it, or is it just small tweaks, or is it exactly the same for you? You know, Pete, the insight into the microbiome, the science on it, and some of our my own work has really changed, I think, the entire face of healthcare, because so many questions that were unanswered previously, now we're getting much closer to real powerful answers, answers that you people like you and me can accomplish in our kitchens. So that's really changing things. Another good thing is uh, with regard to heart disease, that, of course, that's my field I came from, the whole conventional notion of cut your saturated fat, cut your fat, take a statin cholesterol drug, while it's still very popular, you know, 80 million Americans alone take those silly statin drugs, but it's falling apart. You know, it's taken 30, 40, 50 years of misinformation, misinterpretation, and showing that it does not work. Reducing cholesterol does not work to reduce heart disease risk. And so if, if it's not cholesterol, what is it? Well, it's been known for 30, 40 years what the real causes are, but it's not gained popular attention because there's no pot of gold for the pharmaceutical industry, nor for my colleagues. And so that information has not, not been suppressed, but just not been out in the open. And so while the conventional answers are falling apart, people are starting to say, well, what, what, what do we do for heart disease? And that's what we've been doing for <laughs> decades, talking about the real causes of heart disease. 80 million Americans take some sort of pharmaceutical product for, to, in their mind, prevent heart disease. Is that correct in saying that? And Yes. And there was a recent development, Pete. There was a tr very well-funded trial called the Furrier trial, F-O-U-R-I-E-R, -E funded by the company Amgen. And by the way, they paid the researchers performing the studies very well. They were all compensated by the company. It was essentially a, a study paid for and conducted by the company, which tells you, all right, be, be skeptical about the, about the outcome. Nonetheless, very big trial, over 20,000 participants. Everybody, everybody peats on a statin. Everybody. Half put on this injectable new drug called Repatha that reduces LDL cholesterol further. So what they were doing is taking the cholesterol paradigm to its extreme. The LDL cholesterol for the people on both a statin and Repatha was 92 milligrams reduced to 30. So it reduced approaching zero. And so what happened to these people over two years of, of observation? There was almost no reduction in cardiovascular events, 1.5%. You know, if I said, if I said to you, Pete, you, you take your car, the car mechanic, you say, hey, hey, Jack, take a look at my car. Can you, can you fix it up? And he says, well, I can do, I can reduce the likelihood it breaks down by 1.5%. You wouldn't pay that guy a penny. But this, this is what happens in these clinical trials. So a trivial reduction in events and they fell under scrutiny because there was an independent review of the deaths in this trial. And it looks as if the researchers may have misclassified the deaths to make it look better, the drug better than it was. There was probably an excess of deaths on the drug. And of the 13,000 people getting the Repatha drug over two years, 1,300 people died, had a heart attack, had a stroke, or needed a cardiovascular procedure. In other words, they took the cholesterol paradigm to its extreme, and it failed utterly. And so if that's true, if you, if you take cholesterol to its extreme low values and it doesn't work, what do we do 
to eradicate or minimize heart disease risk. That's that's what you know we've been talking about for the longest time. There are things you can do. And so the real tragedy, Pete, of, of statin cholesterol drugs and saturated fat is that it took everybody's attentions away from the real causes of heart disease, which have been mapped out and are known. Which are, let's go through it. Take me, th take me through what causes these uh, heart issues that so many people are worried about and that 80 million people, that's, a, that's what, a 330, so that's eight times four, so that's 20, nearly 25% of the population of the United States are on something. And, and I, I dare say it would be equivalent here in Australia and the UK and Western nations. Appropriate, roughly the same proportion, exactly mm -hmm. right. So if you reject the idea of cholesterol and you say, we're going to look at the real causes of heart disease, this has been known for several decades that the major driver of cardiovascular disease, two things, two particles. In the See, cholesterol came about in the 1950s as a crude indirect way to approximate, to guesstimate the particles in the bloodstream that actually do cause heart disease, the so-called lipoproteins, fat-carrying proteins. See, fat can't float freely in the bloodstream because uh, it would plug up your capillaries. So uh, fat has to reside on a protein to make it aqueous-soluble, soluble, water-soluble. So these lipoproteins are the things that insert themselves into the arterial wall and create atherosclerotic plaque. Which known it's been known for decades, Pete, that the main driver is our VLDL particles, very low density lipoproteins, and LDL particles, low density lipoprotein particles, not LDL cholesterol, the crude indirect measure that meant to approximate or guesstimate the number of LDL particles. We can actually measure the particles. We can actually look at their size. We can look at their conformation, their shape, all these things, but it's not done because it doesn't benefit the pharmaceutical industry. And so uh, if you look at small LDL and VLDL, you learn real quickly, and this evidence has been around for three decades, from places like University of California, Berkeley, Hopkins, uh, good places. There's only several things that drive the formation of those particles. Sugars and the amylopectin A of grains. That's it, Pete. Not saturated fat, not butter, not red meat, <laughs> just grains and sugars, period. So think about this for a moment. It means a heart-healthy diet causes heart disease <laughs> via the VLDL. Stop it. And one of the reasons for all this is because the liver is, the human liver is very good at taking sugars and carbs, like the amylopectin A of grains, and converting them to triglycerides. That process is called lipogenesis or de novo lipogenesis. All that means is the creation, liver's creation of fats, lipogenesis, from carbs, from sugars and carbs. So the liver churns out triglycerides. Triglycerides are fats. They can't live in the bloodstream as fats. They have to be coupled to a protein, lipoprotein. So the liver couples it to some proteins to make the VLDL particle, very low density. It's just like a, a salad dressing. The oil always goes to the top because it's low density. So VLDL particles, very rich in triglycerides, are very low density. Well, the VLDL particles that come from liver's process of converting carbs and sugars to triglycerides are a very potent cause for coronary, for heart disease, atherosclerotic plaque, 
and VLDL particles interact with LDL particles and transfer triglycerides to the LDL particles, making the LDL particles very rich and rich in triglycerides. They go through a series of reactions that make them small, and small LDL particles are much worse. They're much uh, more able to gain entry into the arterial wall. They're much more adherent to structural proteins. They're much more inflammation-provoking, and they last in the bloodstream for up to five to seven days, unlike 24 hours of a large normal LDL particle caused by fat consumption. So the small LDL that comes from consumption of grains and sugars persists for about a week. It goes around and around in the circulation, giving it lots of opportunity to interact with the arterial wall. The reason why it lasts so long is when an LDL particle is abnormally small, there's a protein on its surface that's partially concealed because the shape of the surface conformation, the shape of the particle changes, liver doesn't recognize it. So it can't clear it. So it goes around and around and makes numerous passages through your arteries where it has a chance to interact and trigger the process that leads to, uh, uh, to plaque. Now, this is all amplified by the process of insulin resistance. That is the body's poor responsiveness, the brain, liver, muscle, poor response. Uh, over half the U.S. has insulin resistance, Pete. That's how bad this is. And insulin resistance turns up that process of liver lipogenesis. So it makes even more VLDL and small LDL. Inflammation, which is out of control also um, because of weight gain, obesity, poor diets, etc. That also turns up that liver lipogenesis. And then lastly, the disruptions we've all experienced in our bowel floor because of overexposure to antibiotics, because of glyphosate, the herbicide that's also an antibiotic, other pharmaceuticals like stomach acid blocking drugs, statin cholesterol, all these things disrupt the gastrointestinal microbiome. And when you do that, when you have an overpopulation of fecal microbes, like, like E. coli and salmonella, and uh, Campylobacter, uh, names that are familiar to many people because they're also the microbes of food poisoning. So there's an overpopulation of these microbes in the ga gastrointestinal tract. When they die, they only live for a few hours, Pete. When they die, they shed their components into the intestinal contents. And some of those contents, like something called endotoxin, gains entry into the bloodstream. That's called endotoxemia. I really hope you enjoyed the first half of this podcast. If you'd like to listen to the rest, please visit evolvenetwork.tv. That's evolvenetwork.tv. We'll see you there. The information, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast should not be treated as a substitute for nutritional, medical, or other advice by a qualified professional. Guests in this podcast express their own opinions experiences and conclusions nothing in this podcast should be used to diagnose treat cure or prevent any medical condition neither pete evans nor any sponsor endorse any views opinions or conclusions expressed or shared in this podcast